Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. On this episode of Big Boys Don't Cry, we discuss the film I Want You Back. You don't have to have seen the film to enjoy the podcast, but if you do listen without having seen it, just be aware there may be spoilers. Enjoy. I want, I want you back, Rob. I want you back. But you're right I here. I want you back. Yes. <laughs> was that a Backstreet Boys song? What was that? It was a, yeah, I want it that way. I want you back. Yes. Oh, yeah. I, I see. I see what you did there. <laughs> Tell me why. His name is Charlie Day. Tell me why. He's known as Charlie Kelly. Tell me why. He's a funny little comedy man. And I like him that way. <laughs> That's good. That we did beautiful. not prepare that. No, that was... We've just spent an hour talking about new Metal on our other show, so we definitely didn't have time to prepare that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, really, we should have gone after the Jackson 5 song, I want you back. But, Too obvious. Yeah. We'd ne- never do the obvious thing on this show. <laughs> no, no. So, I Want You Back is a film... It is a 2022 film. We've talked about a current film for once. Or we're about to talk about a current film, I should say, after talking about lots of films from the years 99 and 2000. Yes. It's, it's, a, it's a new thing. This is unheard of for us. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, this is a, it's a movie from Amazon. It's an, uh, an Amazon original. Um, and it is an actual romantic comedy, which is nice. Which, you know, very occasionally, um, obviously Amazon is a massive evil corporation headed by a literal supervillain, but occasionally <laughs> they pull it out of the bag with this, because if I remember rightly, The Big Sick was an Amazon original as well. Yes, yeah. So they they don't seem to have loads of really big TV shows, although The Wheel of Time was a big one for me last year. But um, did you did you finish watching that? Yeah, I did. Did you? No, I only watched the first episode, and then I was like, <laughs> "Oh, I'll watch the rest of it at some point." And then, yeah, never got never got round to doing it. It's worth it's worth watching. I might actually watch it again at some point, mainly because I'm a huge fan of the books, and just to see it done in that way is a wonderful thing, regardless of how it's done. They made a lot of very interesting choices. Um, and very interesting changes to the way that... Because it's the first book, it's the first series, and there's so much that happens. And the thing in the book, the, the things that they choose to skip and the things that they choose to emphasise are very different to the book in a very, very interesting way. So, But I, I, I would recommend it, even if you haven't read the books. It's it's a worthy um, fantasy series. It's good. Oh, good stuff. Yeah, I do I do need to, to watch it because I, I did really enjoy the first book when I read it however many years ago. I think I read the first couple um and yeah so i i do i do need to get around to to watching the full series um but but you're yeah. right every so often amazon does pull it out of the bag and i think this is one of the examples of it um and one thing that i really loved about this film is a lot of rom-coms lean too far into the romance or too far into the comedy and often it's too far into the comedy but this one gets that balance so it feels like one of those old-fashioned romantic comedy movies like um like when harry met sally it's almost that kind of vibe to it which is quite refreshing because 
yeah, not a lot of movies manage to do that balance anymore, whether it's out of, you know, doing something different and how, how movies have changed or just not quite managing to get that charm level. But this does sort of manage to do that, I think. Yeah, I agree. It totally felt like they were trying to do something, to, trying to make a classic rom-com, but without being too self-conscious, which is a good thing, because I think a lot of the a lot of rom-coms try to emulate, as you say, that kind of Nora Ephron era of film and get too bogged down in trying to be clever or trying to be overly witty when actually people just want to believe the chemistry and the love between the two leads and for it to be a good story, right? Yes, yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, so it, it's it's nice to have, um, it, it, it's nice to it's nice to have this as something a little bit, um, a little bit more of a th- sort of a throwback, but also as something quite refreshing to get that real mixture of the two. Yeah, definitely. And I I don't really recognise any of the names on the directing or writing team. Do you? Directed by Jason Orley, written by Isaac Aptaker and Elizabeth Berger. I don't recognise any of those names. No, so um, so Jason Orley, I think this is one of the very few things he's done. So he did a, a Pete Davidson thing for TV. Of course he did, because Pete Davidson is everywhere. And he's in my house right now, he's in my he's, kitchen, he's making a cup of tea. Get, get him on the show, Paddy. Get him to come in. But, All right, mate, I'm Pete Davidson. Yeah. I'm, I'm here Pete to talk Davidson. About, I'm here Would to you talk like to buy a, a fridge? I was in. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, and then he he directed a a movie for Hulu that was a Pete Davidson movie as well called Big Time Adolescence. Okay, so he was making another one, and then he was like, "Pete, I haven't really got a role for you in this, but would you like to be in it for five minutes as a teenager who brings drugs to a party?" Yeah, I'll do it, mate. <laughs> yes. I'll do it. Yeah. Um, and then the 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 writing team. Um, so uh, Isaac Aptaker worked on Love Simon, which I don't oh, know okay, heard right. Of. No, I haven't seen it, but I have read the book, and the book oh, is very good. There we go. Um, he was a producer on This Is Us, which I know you've you've watched This Is Us, haven't you? Yes, we've seen all of it, in fact. And right now, the sixth season, or final season, is doing a mid-season break, which is very tedious, and I think shows should not do it. And it's boring <laughs> and stupid. Um, and then he also um, is a producer and, I think, writer on How I Met Your Father, which is is that a spin-off from how i met your mother yeah so i don't know if it's a spin-off or like a reworking with entirely new characters because i never really watched how i met your mother but clearly it's it's related to that in some way how i met your mother had its fans didn't it it did i was not one of them me me neither we watched a few episodes here and there when it was on and some of it was quite funny jason siegel was good alison hannigan was good but yeah it was it was a show that was very self-conscious in its comedy yeah yeah, and that dragged on for however many seasons where they were definitely flogging a dead horse. Yeah, one hundred percent. And then, then Elizabeth Berger, the other writer, she she worked on, you know, almost exactly the same team. Whether they're a, they they might be a duo that works together or or, oh, okay. or what have you. Um, but um, but yeah, worked on generally the same thing. So so nothing really from the movie perspective, I suppose. Um, cool. Well, from that p- point of view, I think they did well with this film, and mm. I would definitely watch anything that they were to write or direct in the future because I enjoyed this a lot. Yeah, as did I. Um, the the writing is is pretty smart, and the characterizations are quite well done as well. I think um, they don't rely too much on Charlie Day being Charlie from Always Sunny, which is no, nice. Because, but it, it's hard, isn't it? Because you always watch him, and you're like, it's Charlie, right? 
I, I do. I don't know about you. Yeah. I mean, he's in other stuff. Like, he's in Pacific Rim or whatever. But, like, you just watch him and you're like, it's Charlie. <laughs> yeah. He's, um, the, the character here is closer to um, horrible bosses. Oh, yeah. I think I saw half of that on the TV once. And, and yeah, he, he's in a few interesting things here and there. He's in a movie called Hotel Artemis, which is a really cool little um, action movie. Uh, in a in a hotel in the near future in the middle of a riot and there's sort of assassins everywhere um and that's a, that's a cool little film that he's in that sounds like fun yeah so he, he's done he's done bits and pieces here and there that have that have done well and again this is yeah he's he's quite a far away from 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 being charlie kelly but again you do always get that sense because he's so well known for the role of charlie in always sunny it's hard to see past that whereas um, the other lead, Jenny Slate, who I hadn't seen much that she'd been in, apart from realising that she is the voice of Tammy in Bob's Burgers, who is one of the greatest secondary yes. characters in the series. She is um, Mona Lisa Saperstein in Parks and Recreation, which she will always be that role to me. You know, right, um, Ben okay. Schwartz plays John Ralphio. She's the sister. Okay, yeah. And the stuff that they do is, yeah, together, there's... There's just some of the stuff that is always guaranteed to make me howl with laughter. Um, but she also um, released a book um, a couple of years ago called Little Weirds, which had sort of funny stories and poems in it that I flicked through and really enjoyed. I didn't read all of it, but I really enjoyed that as well. So she's very multi-talented and has done lots of lots of TV work, lots of voiceover work, and again, lots of kids stuff and cartoons as well. Yeah, and I, I thought she was absolutely fantastic in this. Um for me at least she stole the show oh she was in hotel artemis as well apparently oh was she i don't remember her in that but as morgan <laughs> there we go excellent i didn't realize they'd been in something together um that's uh that's that's interesting um but yeah it's it's a um for me at least she stole the show here i think she um you know i think there's a really great chemistry between between charlie and her but I think her comedic moments really sort of drove it along and the kind of outlandish situations that she gets into um, really help it have that energy that it needed from a comedy perspective. Um, and I think if there was a lesser performance in there, it maybe would have felt a little bit too flat. Yeah, you need someone who's a, a charismatic romantic lead who is funny and who can also get up there and pretend that she's improvised half knowing a song from The Little Shop of Horrors. <laughs> You're not going to get that with many people, are you? And that is the standout scene from this movie. I loved that scene where she's singing back and forth with the kid. Yeah. It's so good. Um, Really brilliantly done. It reminded me of the the Dracula puppet musical (laughs) from... um, From um, Forgetting Sarah Marshall. From Forgetting Sarah Marshall. It had the same kind of feel where it goes on for longer than you... In, in, in like, lesser... Are they actually going to include this in the film? Uh, there's an aside to the story. Are they are they are they going down this road? Are they doing this tangent? Oh yeah, they are. Okay, yeah. Let let's follow this road. I'm into this. Yeah, in in a lesser filmmaker's hands, they would cut after they realise, you know, because you get that moment of comedy where she comes out and she's wearing the outfit and she sits down and the kids start singing. And in a lesser in a lesser filmmaker's hands, it would be a cut there because they've reached that funny moment and then they can get on to something else. But instead, they lean into it and they have the whole scene and it's funny and it's emotional all at the same time. And it just works so well. It's so That's good. exactly it. It's not just funny, it's touching, isn't it? Yeah. It really yeah. gets to the emotional heart of the film by using 
musicals as well, which is always has that kind of weird touching an emotional energy behind it as well and using an existing musical that people know and love as well but in a way that doesn't seem cheap which i think is a difficult thing to pull off and they pulled that off mm. yeah exactly exactly and it, it it works incredibly well when i was i was <laughs> that that was the the best scene for me and i was i was laughing away and then you also like you said you have that heartfelt attachment where you know it's her realization that things can move on and be better almost is that that scene right there yeah and um and yeah oh it's 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 so well done and then she spends the rest of the film getting to the point where she can acknowledge that yes yeah exactly exactly um but you know the the rest of the cast is really good as well i really like gina rodriguez yeah she's great she was the lead in the show jane the virgin which i've talked about before which we watched all of um which was which was really enjoyable um, and yeah, she's she's been in some really good stuff over the over over the years. Um, she's currently Carmen San Diego. Ah, I didn't know that. Uh, which is cool. Um, in the Carmen San Diego reboot, and I think they did a TV series, and then they're going to do a movie as well. Um, and uh, she's in Annihilation, which is a fantastic movie adaptation of the uh, Jeff Vandermeer novel. Um, mm-hmm. Which I, I don't know if you've read. No, never. I've always meant to read it. It's it's really interesting stuff. The whole trilogy that that he did was was great, and the adaptation by Alex Garland is is odd and different to the to the novel, but it kind of captures the essence of it really well. Um, and she's yeah she's 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 an integral part of of the success of that. Um, and so yeah, it's it's great. And she kind of plays a, a straight woman, I suppose, character in this, um, but but does it in a way that that benefits the film overall um and then scott eastwood as well is is great as the sort of um yeah i i had never seen him before and i was watching it going he really looks like someone and then of course he realized he's clint eastwood's son (laughs) exactly exactly and he's been in all sorts um over the years as well he's been in the fast and furious series of course he has of course i've seen Um, all of them um but then also manny jacinto who is um, is in the good place yeah yep um as jason mendoza he's so good in that um for me at least you know one of the one of the standout characters of that show um and then of course you got our mate pete davidson pete davidson he's in it for like three minutes (laughs) (laughs) yes yeah then when he turns up he's he's funny he's funny in those three minutes that he's in it um so so yeah it's 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 just funny that he's in it and i think they're aware that 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 in itself is funny because of who he is and who the the kind of role that he has in wider popular culture and in memes and stuff like (laughs) i'm watching it with my wife and she just she goes she knew it was him and his name and who he was but then she turned to me and went who even is pete davidson and i was like that's it (laughs) that's the joke (laughs) he's he's a funny man he can do some funny stuff yeah and and yeah so so he turns up in it as well but yeah like i said the real the real thing that makes this movie work is the way that it's very well structured so i I suppose plot quick quick plot introduction um peter played by charlie day and emma played by jenny slate they have recently been dumped by their 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 girlfriend slash boyfriend so noah scott eastwood 
uh, Eastwood Jr. and then Gina Rodriguez's character Anne. Um, and they they meet by chance because they work in the same building and they decide we're going to have a clever ruse and we're going to split them up from their new partners and get them back together with us. Yeah, but the, the setup is really good because they both, they find each other because they're both crying in the stairwell, basically. Yes, yeah. Um, crying o- over their breakups in, in the stairwell and then they end up just sort of sort of talking and going out together but then it sort of it does a bit of that and then it cuts to them drunkenly doing karaoke and you're like yes that's I didn't need to see all the stuff in between I needed to see them in this massive karaoke bar getting food brought to them and just kind of being a bit decadent and opulent with themselves as a response to a breakup and then sharing that experience you believe that as the thing that drives the the setup exactly yeah it's 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 not a um strangers on a train situation where it's very well thought out it is a a drunken plan of action and then they they meet up afterwards to sort of talk things through more and the way that they do it you get there is this build-up of their relationship which i think is really important and and you have these moments of them just doing normal things even though you know they're planning to do these awful things to the people that they love it's still um them doing normal stuff like getting lunch together or things like that um which which kind of grounds the movie in an important way i think yeah and makes it believable because often the problem with these kinds of rom-coms where there's always some kind of setup is that it can seem far-fetched yes yeah yeah 100 percent um and that's uh yeah whereas here it does have that um that more grounded situation to it and and things do get a bit silly um strangely enough on 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 charlie day's side of things i think it gets the silliest yeah and it's it's a fun it's a it's a good setup for comedy isn't it where he's trying to befriend this like this personal trainer guy but then they do end up becoming friends and that's the part that kind of brings a bit of heart to it doesn't it and it's actually nice to see their friendship developing as well as a sort of odd couple thing. Yeah, you get this um you get this friendship growing between them and it's sort of a it's it's a um it's an unexpected turn and then obviously at that point he can't go through with the awful things that he's trying to do to try and split him up with his with his girlfriend to get him back together with with Emma. Um whereas on the other side <laughs> Yeah, because he hides a great scene where I was kind of on the edge of my seat a bit where he hides in a box in their bedroom because he snuck into the house to try and sabotage um, something. And it's the proposal where, like, yeah, he's then inside the box while he proposes to his girlfriend and then they have sex and he's just inside this box and has to sneak out of the house. That was quite well done. Yes, yeah, no, it was really well done. Um, and again, not in an Adam Sandler way. You can imagine the Adam Sandler version of that scene oh, yeah or the rob um, schneider version <laughs> the rob schneider version um whereas yeah this one it, it's it's done as tastefully as you can do a scene like that i think um, yeah and so yeah it works well whereas on the other side um emma's character uh the sorry uh the character emma um jenny slate's character um manages to to weave weave her way into the lives of um of of of, uh, of Charlie's ex of Peter's ex, um, and manages to proposition them for a threesome. Yeah, and <laughs> yeah. her her story is the weirder one, really, yeah. isn't it? Because yeah. she does it. So yeah, Gina Rodriguez's character is end up ended up dating the new drama teacher at the school where she's a teacher, who's yeah, um, played by Manny Jacinto, who does a really great job of being this kind of like 
this theatre guy who's a bit down on his luck and putting on a production of Little Shop of Horrors. And, like, yeah, Jenny Slate has this thing where she's just going into a school to volunteer. Obviously, there's no DBS checks or anything in America. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) And to, yeah, help them with the school production. Is that a thing that people do? I I don't think it is, is it? (laughs) Certainly not based on the reaction of of, of everyone else involved. Um, But, uh, but yeah, it, it... yeah, she does that and then sort of weaves her way in that way. Um, and then there's the incredibly awkward scene where um, she goes for a threesome with um, with Logan and Anne. And Anne is very much not into it. Emma is very not very much not into it. And Logan is very much into it. Um, and so you have this real, really tense, awkward comedic scene that 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 drags on and on and on and it's yeah it's it's really well done and then it sort of breaks away into you know this emotional moment for Anne Gina Rodriguez's character where she realizes no I don't want to be with this weirdo who wants to have a threesome with this horrible woman I miss I miss Peter I miss Charlie Day and that I think is quite believable in a way that at the first, at the beginning when it's their breakup you believe that one less because it's like they actually are clearly a good couple and he's a great guy and it's like, what is she doing? That sort of is a bit of delayed characterization there on her where it's like she's trying so hard to be this sort of adventurous person who has threesomes, but you can tell her heart's in it, but she's kind of going through it. And that I thought her performance there was was really good of those kind of things that we all struggle with, don't we? Yeah, it, it, it's one of those... Um... And not wanting to be to be boring and safe, you know? Yeah, I, I think her, her performance is, is incredibly subtly done and really well done. And you, you get the sort of sense of panic in her character when it comes to them breaking up in the first place. Um, but then, you know, if she was that quick to, to to throw away the relationship, you can tell that there is something that's not right between them. And then obviously, come come the end of the the film, there is that closure between them where she's like, you know, um they talk about you know they're lucky to have each other in each other's lives but actually it is time to move on and she comes to terms with the fact that she isn't this hugely exciting person but is still a a a good person and i think that's a really nice moment for her although it's a bit sad that her as one of the more likable and grounded characters doesn't end up with one of the happy endings of the movie in a way Um, but you like to think that she goes off and just finds someone else completely new and then is happy with someone else yeah and it's nice that actually she does get that a bit of that kind of closure and resolution which often isn't afforded secondary characters in these kinds of films often they're just in service of the man learning something about himself right exactly yeah and so it's good that it's written in there um and it also does a better service to to peter charlie day's character because he becomes sort of the villain of the piece um where you know that the 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 audience is rooting along with emma and peter's characters because they're our leads and they're funny but then when the sort of horror appears about how they've actually manipulated these people that they care about um it sort of falls on on Peter the hardest because he got what he wanted and then he casts Emma aside and can't hang out with her anymore. Yeah, and the way that that is handled, I think, is really masterful. There's the one scene in the diner where she's kind of... She's done it, basically. She's broken them up. um, And he's kind of gone to meet her and he's he's had to tell her the the news that... um, 
Scott Eastwood has proposed to his girlfriend and that, that, that like, yeah, he just can't really do it. So their thing, he's just like completely failed to break them up. He hasn't really upheld his end of the bargain, but he's like immediately got everything he wanted in that moment. And the way that those two things come together in that kind of gray diner in the rain, I thought was a, was the pivotal scene of the movie. And that was really had a real emotional impact. Yes. Yeah. Um, in the back of my mind, I couldn't get the episode of Always Sunny in Philadelphia where Charlie finds love with Alexandra Daddario's <laughs> Ruby Taft out of my head, where an almost exactly the same thing happens, where Charlie gets a phone call from the waitress uh, saying, come and look after me and I'll reduce the amount of the restraining order. And he walks out on on this, this woman who loves him. <laughs> and I couldn't get that out of my head, but I think, you know, that's just because his character is so iconic, isn't it? And I think the, the scene here in this movie is done so well. And it's kind of this yeah. heartbreaking moment for the audience where you really feel for, for, for Emma's character who has just you know, given given everything to this situation, hasn't got anything in return and has then now lost this close friend that they've that she's gained over the, the course of the movie. Yeah, definitely. And then the next scene, there's kind of at work and there's they have awkward scenes of them talking to each other and then he's like, I can't really see you anymore because it's kind of weird. And the, the awkwardness of that is just, oh, yeah, not good. And then, of course, you get to the, the climactic moment where they're all thrown together in the same room, which you knew was going to happen, but you're like, oh, hey, it's on a boat. Yeah, exactly. Which adds a adds a neat moment, doesn't it? Of um, of you know, okay, it's definitely an 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 isolated enclosed space here. There's no chance to escape. Um, which which kind of adds to the tension a little bit more, which is great. Yeah, it's good. So it's it's Scott Eastwood's wedding, and they've somehow all managed to get an invite and they're all there together and they all it's the first time they've all been in the same room and they're sort of making connections and stuff and you're like you know it's gonna pop off it's gonna pop off and then it does and then it does and and peter gets punched rightfully yeah but then it, it leads us to my second favorite moment of the movie after the 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 musical scene um which is right at the end and i think the finale of this movie is perfect yeah um where there's this this running conversation throughout the movie about it's your um your your oxygen mask uh person isn't it your yeah the person who they they tell you you should always put your own mask on first but there are some people that you love so much that you do it for them instead because yeah you'd let them you want them to be alive and you wouldn't care if you died yes yeah um and so which is a conceit but it's one that it works it is it is but it's but it's one that works and it you know it, it ties together and really makes this finale of the film so they're on a plane um they hate each other <laughs> and they just so happen to have seats on either side of the aisle from one another um because of course of course they do that's, you know of course that's how it's worked out yeah the, the plane goes through some turbulence and it gets worse and then the mask pop down and and charlie day reaches across and and fits jenny slate's oxygen mask and that's um, it the film just then end, they sort of share a look but then the film ends there and at first you think oh that was kind of abrupt but then you're like well no we don't really need anything else because that tells us everything we need to know right Exactly. You know, I think it's a really smart, really sweet ending that tells you everything you need to know. And yeah, you know, you you know, do you want a scene of like one year later where where Noah has has forgiven Peter and they're all friends again? 
No, you don't want. Them. Yeah, they're all going for a run in the park or some shit. No, no boring. It, it would it would add literally nothing to this to this movie. Um, instead, all you get is that smile at the end, where they realise, yes, actually, you are my oxygen mask person. Yeah, because what's good about it as well is that it's not just, you know, the, this kind of setup is the most the oldest rom com trick in the book, isn't it? They're they're sort of working to be with other people, but they realise that actually the person they want to be with is the person they've been working with on this. That's that's as old as the hills. But what happens in this is he he then d- has that realization and he goes to her and says, you, you know, you are the person that I love, but because of the circumstances and the way it's played out it doesn't work so then you need to resolve that another way which it does in a smart and contemporary nice way i thought yes yeah it's it's done it's done so well um and yeah it's it's simple and it's clean and it's clear and oh yeah it's 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 oh i loved it yeah it's it's not complex or convoluted is it it's it, it is very very simple but it's it definitely holds your attention for the whole of its of its length and it's the right length as well i think yeah no it's 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 yeah it's it's something really unique in this kind of way it almost feels like something from a from a, like an old movie like a 70s movie that kind of clean cut finale um and yeah i i love that they did it i really love it yeah 70s movies in which you could definitely have seen Pete Davidson being a party boy. <laughs> yeah. And that's a good scene as well, isn't it? Where Charlie, him and Pete, him and what's the guy? Noah, they've gone to the club because they're celebrating they something the or whatever. They go to the club and that's quite, quite a fun scene, isn't it? But they end up leaving with these girls who turn out to be 17 and they don't know that they're, they're at the house and he, they're trying to party and be cool, but they're clearly like guys in their 30s. And then they're like, oh no, her dad showed up. And then Pete Davidson and his buddies run away and you never see him again. And her dad shows up and it's Ryan from the OC. <laughs> yes. Did yes, you used is. to watch the OC? Uh, no, I didn't really used to watch the OC, to be honest. Were you, uh, were you a fan? Yeah, yeah. It was very popular at my school. Uh, okay. But yeah, um, Ben McKenzie, his name is, he's in it for all of like two minutes. And yeah, Charlie throws potpourri in his face and they run away, which is very funny. <laughs> which is a great scene. Um, you also get the dive bomb into a hot tub. Yeah, very uh, safe, very normal. <laughs> it's extremely safe and normal. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a good scene. It feels slightly more outlandish than the rest of the movie um, for me. But, um, but I think... It adds a lot of comedy to to the overall experience, which I'm glad for. It does, and you know there are moments of boardiness peppered throughout the film, just enough to make you sit up and go, "Oh, okay, that's happening now." But it's not it's not at any point gross or gratuitous, like as you say, an ad. You could see that this plot could lend itself to an Adam Sandler kind of film, but then there'd be a lot more poo humor and a lot less, yeah, of, of the stuff like the tragic scene in the diner. Yeah, yeah, it um, yeah, it, there'd be lots more boner jokes, and and fart noises, and when they're on the boat, someone would throw up because they're seasick. Oh yeah, yeah, there'd probably be a toilet on the boat that would overflow with poo or something. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, so so yeah, no, but I I think you know this is a real, it's almost like an old fashioned rom com, and I'm really glad for that. It's worth pointing out this movie is long. Yeah, I thought it was the right length because. I, again, when I felt it ended, I was like, "That's the right point." But yeah, it is longer than a lot of these kind of films, isn't it? Yes, it's nearly two hours long, 
which which surprised me because but a good half hour of that is stuff to do with the little shop of horrors so you know they <laughs> yeah. they're borrowing it, someone it, else's work there but it, it it doesn't feel doesn't feel that long um either you know it, it moves along at the right pace for this kind of movie um which you know i'm i'm glad for i'm glad that they took the time to have more detail um which is which is good so um yeah glad glad this movie is the way it is yeah, me too. I'm glad it has a scene where Jenny Slate tries to smash a baseball with a hammer and it doesn't work. <laughs> yes, that's very good. And she says at one point the books are for nerds, which is true. Which is true. Books are for nerds. Takes after my own heart, which is great. Um, it's worth pointing out, one of the other relationships in this movie that I really love is Trevor the kid who's being forced to help out with the play because he got detention. And then Emma, they they strike up this friendship um, and I think that's a really, really cute friendship. And th- this kid isn't any relation to any of the other characters at all. It's just a just a friendship that helps progress sort of Emma recognizing what she wants to do with her life. Yeah. Um, and I, th- I think they, the scenes that they have together are very good as well. Yeah, and with, when that kind of thing is thrown into a film like this, you're always worried that it's going to be just, it's going to be cheap. It's going to be just in service of her characterization and nothing else rather than an actual relationship between two people. But the kid does a great job and it's funny and believable and does serve to make you think of her as a tender and emotional person, right? Yes, yeah, exactly. Um, it does a, does a great job. Um, I th- I think it does a better job than that than with Charlie Day's character progression, where he works for this evil company that's going to feed old people. Not he wants to open food. his own old people's home. I mean, admittedly, that's a, something I haven't heard in a rom com before, so I'll give it that. <laughs> yeah, it's something new for a rom com, but it's not really very fleshed out, is it? No, that aspect of it I thought was a bit weird. Um, it's a, it's a little bit of a weak point. Um where you get this sense that he's a caring person, but that whole element and him being in a meeting where they're talking about cutting the kind of food that goes to old people that are about to die, it's like, okay, this feels a little bit out of place in a movie like this. Yeah, and it's like he doesn't actually really do anything about it until it's the point where that needs to be in service of his character. So yeah, yeah that that element yeah. of his character, yeah, I wasn't super down with, but it didn't matter loads because it wasn't about that. No, exactly. You know, it didn't make a huge difference to the to the overall film. It just did feel a little bit false. And you know, that that and the only reason it feels false is because the rest of this movie is so well done that when something is a little bit half baked like that, it it's much more noticeable. Exactly. If it was Adam Sandler saying that, you'd be like, Yeah, sure, of course I believe you that you want to open your own old folks home, Adam Sandler. <laughs> you'd you'd probably think, Oh wow, that's a um that that's a really unique thing for an Adam Sandler movie. I'm impressed. Uh, yeah, and then Al Pacino would walk on being grumpy about his coffee, playing himself. <laughs> playing himself, yeah. Um, so yeah, you know, it's it's um, yeah, it's, it's only a minor 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 thing to complain about. But uh, but yeah, just yeah, it didn't quite work for me. Yeah, that and the the non-existence of DBS checks. Those are my gripes with this film. <laughs> those, are your, those are your gripes. Um, it may well be that, to be honest, you, the, you get the sense that Manny Jacinto's character is just so incompetent that he wouldn't have bothered yeah. just to get a little bit of extra help for his play. Um, but yeah, it's um, yeah, it, it, it's overall though. I think there's a there's a reality to this film that really helps drive it. Um, and so yeah, it's like I said, it's just minor things, minor things to complain about. 
Yeah, exactly. You you could always find nits to pick, but there's nothing really that's wrong with it, is there? No, no, exactly, exactly. Um, so yeah, is there anything else you want to say about this movie? I think we've we've pretty much covered it, haven't we? I mean, there's there's not loads to go into in depth, is there? But it's a it's a really enjoyable film that I that we we would definitely recommend that you watch, wouldn't we? It gets the thumbs up from us. It's you know it's a romantic time. Obviously, Valentine's Day was last week, but love is still in the air, and this is a yeah. film for that. All year round should be your Valentine's Day. Exactly, you know. Valentine's Day is for life, not just Christmas. <laughs> not just for Christmas. Um. So so yeah, it's uh, you know I know I know this episode is going to come up a little bit short, but I think we've really covered up what's 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 great about this film. Yeah, for sure. And I think maybe that's a good sign because it means one of us didn't go on a rant about something. <laughs> yes, exactly. We, we both just thought, oh, this is great and you should watch it. Um, so one little bit of trivia for you. Um, Scott Eastwood and Pete Davidson have both been in Suicide Squad movies. Oh, um, okay. S- Scott Eastwood is in Suicide Squad from 2016, which is the bad one, um, where he plays some soldier man. Um and then uh, Pete Davidson is in The Suicide Squad, which is the very good one that came out last year. This is the thing that superhero films do now, where it's if they want to do it, do it again, but do it good or like do it worse or whatever, they just put the in front of it, like the Batman. <laughs> yeah, I saw the trailer exactly. for earlier today, which, which just which... looked like every other Batman of a Batman going, oh, Batman. <laughs> well, oh. I, it looks to me like Batman's now a goth, and I'm fully on board with that because I love the movie The Crow. So it's just The Crow. Oh, it's not going to be as good as The Crow, though. Oh, it? no, no, of course it's not. But hopefully it will be entertaining uh, at least. Batman, but yeah, the, the Suicide Squad from last year is genuinely extremely funny. Yeah. Um, so um, yeah, that that's actually definitely worth a watch. Um, the other thing to point out as well is that although they weren't in the same Lego movie, Charlie Day and Jenny Slate have been in different Lego movies. So Charlie oh. Day was in the Lego movie and then the Lego movie 2. And Jenny Slate was in Lego Batman movie. Oh, there you go. And there's there's a Batman connection as well. I've only <laughs> yeah. of those I've only seen the Lego movie, which I watched on a plane. It's delightful. Yeah, it's pretty good, isn't it? Yeah, it's um, good fun. Lego Everything movie. is awesome. Everything is cool when you're part of a team. Yeah. Um. So, so yeah. Um. Charlie Day. I've noticed he's working on a on a a, a direction project. Ah, that's cool. He had an exec producer credit on this. Actually. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So he's he's doing some kind of film. It's also got Kate Beckinsale and Jason Sudeikis in. Oh, cool. Um, so, yeah, it'd be interesting to see that when it's called El Tonto. Um, not yeah. a lot seems to be known about it at the moment. Um, but, uh, but yeah, fingers crossed we'll find out more about that soon. Um, anyway, right. Uh, how are we going to rank this movie then? Um, let's see. How many people do you need from the community to help you put on your production of Little Shop of Horrors that you're not going to check their background in anyway? <laughs> so I'm letting a lot of strangers into my school because I'm going to let in 17 strangers to come and help with my production. That's good. Yeah, I'd, I'd say the same. That sounds about right. It's a high score, but yeah, well, it's well worth your time. Yeah, it's it's a it's a really fun movie. I'm, I'm glad we watched this. I'm just looking at El Tonto. There's There's very little information about what it's actually about, but it also stars John Malkovich, Ray Liotta, yes, yeah. Adrian Brody, Ken Jong. This is going to yeah. be huge. Yeah, hopefully it'll be good. Um, so we've watched a good movie. 
is, is t- <laughs> that was, that was a, a sentence said with much foreboding. Uh, it's time we potentially watched a bad one. It's a follow-up to a film we've watched previously. Um, Tall Girl 2 is out now. Oh, yes. I knew that was coming. Yeah. So we've got to do it. We've got to talk about Tall Girl 2, surely. Uh, that, that kid and his little face that I didn't like in the first one. <laughs> yeah, I, I wonder if he's in it. He, yeah, maybe he's not in it. Maybe I'm going to be optimistic. No, I'm, I'm, I'm sure he is. I'm sure he's going to be in it, surely. <laughs> All right, well, at least that is also a current film. So sticking with current films, this is good. I like where this is going. Yes, excellent. Cool, all right. Well, thanks a lot for listening. We really, really appreciate it. If you did watch um, I Want You Back, I hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. If not, go and watch it. It's enjoyable. There's, you know, you, you need to kick back and enjoy yourself. You've earned a nice treat of a nice film. Here it is. Yeah, it is a, it is a lovely little movie. Um, so, yeah, do do go and watch it. All right, um, there's a link in our show notes where you can give us money. It's just like a virtual tip jar. You can find us on Twitter at Big Boys Don't, Co- Don't Pod. You can email us. I almost Big Boys Don't Cod. That's like the fish and chip shop. Um, you can email <laughs> us, um, Big Boys Don't Cry Podcast at gmail.com. And we'll be back next week to talk about Tall Girl 2. Alrighty, bye bye. And why didn't they call it Too, too Tall, Too Girl? <laughs> they should have done, shouldn't they? Yeah.